All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Well... Welcome to episode 256 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger, and as always, it's brought to you by Botano.ca. Get in the game, 19 plus. Please play responsibly, Botano.ca. And hey, Ranger fans, your team's still in the league. I know they only played once last week, but hey, they'll, uh, you got lots of opportunities to get in on them this week. Uh, also, of course, uh, NBA, if you like it. Uh, lots of intriguing matchups uh, in the NFL, especially with some the quarterbacks injured. Play, take your chance. Kelsey brothers head to head Monday night football. Ooh, yes. Tonight, Philly and KC, two teams coming off a bye. You know, uh, two teams that are uh, considered strong Super Bowl contenders. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Lots of, uh, lots of prop bets in there as well. Super Bowl rematch from last year. Should be good. Frank, how was Sweden? It was awesome. It's an amazing country. It was great to get a sense of their culture get a taste of their love for hockey. I think the coolest part was seeing global series with four teams there for four games in four days, seeing the youth hockey players who don't get a touch. They don't get to touch the NHL there. You know, it's a really tough place. And I was asked, you know, about the vibe. What was the vibe like there? How big of a deal an event like this was. And you know, it's interesting when you go to a place that has like the Super Bowl or an outdoor game or whatever it might be, 
everything in town kind of feels like it's, you know, building up to that. There wasn't that same feel with global series. And I think part of the reason is, look, um, the NHL is a difficult product to watch there. The East Coast games start at 1 a.m. local time. The West Coast games start at 4 or 4.30. And for young kids, like those, even the West Coast games are over by the time they're getting up for school. So it's, it's a really difficult place to watch the game. That's why their Swedish hockey league teams are revered across the country there. But they love it. And these, for these kids, these were their hockey heroes that are in town for four games. And so for them to come to practice, get an autograph, a photo, the excitement was awesome to see. So I love that part of it. Um, it's an amazing place and they really love their hockey. They're just, I, they're, they're, they're NHL fans, but it's not as big there as some other things might be. Oh no, that, that makes sense. Uh, William Nylander is pretty big and uh, he showed up huge. had the three points in the first game. Then he scores the overtime winner and like a Cinderella story for him. Uh, I saw the pictures and the videos of, you know, people lined up two blocks. Like he's, he's a huge hero and, and rightfully so. Like he's one of the best players in the game right now. He is. And I think this weekend sort of crystallized that he's one of the very best players in the league. He's, you know, it's interesting because you look at the way this season has started for him, a 17 game point streak. And you say, well, this was a huge weekend for him. And then you think back and you go, but he's been good almost every damn night in Toronto too. Oh yeah. And you know, it's, it's a fascinating situation that they've got unfolding there because what I've seen this year is not only has he been the best player on the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's also been their driver. There are other guys that they have, Matthews and Marner. There's been a lot of nights where they've been passengers and they've been waiting for William Nylander to pick him up. And that part was pretty abundantly obvious in their first game in Sweden. They had a dreadful first two periods. And honestly, like I was watching the game and, and, and look, it's one game in, in a series of 82. But I was like, did, did Austin Matthews make it on the charter? Like, in, just invisible. And yeah, he's got a bunch of hat tricks this year. But I think what's really clear is Nylander is the driving force right now. And that's probably a pretty exciting feeling if you're a Leaf fan. Because you go, at some point, Matthews and Marner are going to explode, right? You would think, yeah. Um, no, that... That Tavares Nylander lines definitely be their best line, no question about it. And um, you know the, the Leafs are solid. They get uh, if they get goaltending, then um, you know, l- like a lot of teams, if you get goaltending, you can be uh, infinitely more competitive. And uh, yeah, William Nylander uh, definitely just keeps uh, the way he's playing is just increasing his value. And uh, I'm fascinated. I don't see how Toronto can let him go, Frank. That's that's kind of the spot that I've worked myself into. Is I like if you're running the Leafs. You do anything you can move whoever else you need to in order to keep Nylander, yes. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think even if that means making a decision between Marner and Nylander. Hmm. Like, I know which player I'd pick if I had to pick between the two of them. I'm not, say- I'm not even saying you have to make that call because you've got a bunch of contracts that are up at the end of this year and you can get through one more year of this structure, the way that it currently is, but then what 
You've got Marner who needs a new deal. Tavares, his deal will expire. And you, hopefully you can be in a spot where Tavares will be, what, 35 in the first year of his next deal. You get him to take a, a significant pay cut to keep playing there. At that point, if he's relatively productive, you're probably in pretty good shape there. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not getting 11 mil, I would hope not. On his no, but at, like at John Tavares at 6 million? Yeah. So like like whatever Bell's, it is, like right? there's yeah. no reason he can't continue to be productive. Oh gosh, no, no, not at all. So he, uh, um, you know, closing in on, I, I look at Tavares and just where he is now, he's, um, well, he's inside the top 100 point getters of all time. So he's, uh, yeah, he's a good player and him and Nylander, like you want to have two good lines. There's no question about it, but yeah, they got to find a way to make it work financially. Um, you know, there might be one year of, of paying a little bit until Tavares' contract expires and then they sign him the new one because obviously it should come in well uh, well below what he's currently making. So, But if you need one year of pain to keep him... Oh, yeah, it's worth it. You just do it. Yes, 100%. You have but to. How, do you, how do you find a way to fix this defense core? I find this Klingberg injury to be so fascinating. He came to Sweden, was really trying, obviously, to push to, to play in Sunday's game. Can't do it. This injury that they say has been bothering him for years, which we've never heard of, um, has suddenly sort of reared its head. And they're in a tough spot. Like, I'm sure he wants to keep playing. He's a young guy, but he's also not up to snuff. Like, he's not cutting it. And you've got $4.1 million in cap space. What do you do? Well, I think they're going to do everything they can to see if he can play. And if not, he's going on LTIR. Well, I, I think we're getting pretty close to that decision on Klingberg, like probably going to LTIR. My question is, does he come off? Yeah, no. <laughs> Fair. And well, if it does, that opens up a significant amount of cap space for them to to address their defense come the deadline. I mean, I know a team that has a few defensemen available. Oh, yeah. Maybe Ooh. where uh, the Leafs current GM used to work. Oh, yes, in Calgary. Well, uh, you know, Zadorov does make sense. Obviously, I think he wants to go there. Everybody looked at the timing of oh, his trade request going It was pretty public. subtle, wasn't it? I mean. Yeah, yeah. well, very subtle, Frank. None of us uh, none of us caught on to it. So the thing is, the Flames are, the Flames does, are starting to play does, well. Does Tanev make more sense? Or, He's a really good defender, yes. You can I think he makes both. more sense. But yeah, they, you can just, just for both. this year, like I'm not saying re-sign him. I'm just saying... For for the remainder of this year and a playoff run, I think I'd rather have Tanev. Ooh, that's a good question. Is is he going to be healthy? That's my question. Thing is, like the Flames are three points out of a playoff spot now, right? Like they're they're they've rebounded after a very slow start, and you know Arizona's got eighteen. The Ducks have you know come back down to earth. They've lost three in a row. Um, so like Calgary's going to be in a tough spot, Frank. Like. It's going to be a well, pillow fight for seventh and eighth, isn't it? It might be, yeah. But if, you, if you're the Flames ownership, do you trade off guys and then severely lower your chance of making the playoffs? Because what if they're what if they're in, let's say they're in eighth place, and even if it's our seventh, and even if it's only one or two points ahead of everybody else, do you then still sell off your defense core? I think Just, you do. I think that's why you do it now. To avoid even putting yourself in that position. You do it as soon as you can. Because that has to be the, the big change from this year. And look, I, I know that 
there were increased expectations this year of maybe not increased, but renewed expectations is the best way to put it. And they just look, I get what you're saying, but they're still sub 500 and three points back of a playoff spot. First off, there's no guarantee you get in. And second, I think you have to begin to changing this team around. And I think you need to take a longer term look at what this is going to be. And I think the flames are ready to do that. I think the issue is they haven't found a trade partner yet. That makes sense. And there's, there's no doubt there's been a lot of calls and activity, but I don't think at least to my knowledge, there's not been one thing that's come down the pike. That's even made them stop and think. Well, that does not surprising it's november right like we right. rarely in the nhl see trades in november um you're the odd one in december and the thing is the flames started so poorly that by the end of this month they could be in a playoff spot like you know you can only gain you know not only but realistically when there's that many teams in front of you, you're talking like a gain of two or three points a week and you know by the end of the month maybe they're tied but they're maybe still only four four and two in their last 10 not why well, i know like they're two, they're six, they're eight, and three. And like, okay, okay, but like, I I look at it and I go, two, zero, oh, and one. Like, I'm gonna need a lot more than that to say, hey, hold on a second, I'm gonna put four years down the road on hold for this year. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you watch. We we have this conversation December fifteenth. I won't be surprised if Calgary's tied or within one point of a playoff spot. And I agree with you that it probably. Are they good enough to win? No, but lots of teams, Frank, we've seen it. They're like, once we get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And if that's you're that's a owner, terrible mindset to have for the for the Flames. Hey, I'm not saying it's right, but I just know that's what it is. And well, no, I, I think I think their ownership is changing their view. You think? I think that Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinley have enough sway there to really step back and present a cohesive plan that says we need to change it up. Well, they can change it, but here's the problem. So let's say you trade away your defenseman. Well, then you still have Kadri, you still have Huberto. How how are they competitive enough? So then what do they do? They just sit and and finish in 20th spot? Well, it's just for this year. I think I, I, I presented to you what I think their playbook should be. And it should be the Canucks. Trade Bo Horvat, take the first, get Philip Heronic. You need oh, yeah, to okay. find moves like that where you can repackage the collection of assets you get maybe use one or two of them to draft but use the rest of them to reboot for next year okay and two years from now as opposed to five or seven i think you have to refresh i, I just retool whatever it is it's not rebuild but it's re something wow Hard to, are you going to find another team out there that's going to give you a Heronic for a for a late first? That's the question. Well, here's the thing is Heronic wasn't yeah. on anyone's radar to be moved last year. He never hit a trade board. His name was never out there. And in fact, I told the backstory to this trade on Sakaris and Price a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Heronic. And it, it came together in a fascinating way. The Canucks at some point over the last... 18 months since Jim Rutherford took over had called the Red Wings about Philip Ronick. And they said, yeah, sorry, he's not available. But Steve Eisenman filed that away. And 
when the Red Wings were in a spot where they knew that they'd eventually have to pay Philip Ronick and they're looking at their big board and not really entirely sure that, you know, we want to make that long-term expensive commitment, which by the way, the Canucks are going to have to pay on is they called Jim Rutherford a few days before the deadline. And they said, are you still interested? And he said, yes, I am. And they said, okay, here's the deal. This is what we want. And if you say yes, we'll complete the trade and I won't make him available to anyone else. And he said, okay, I'll call you back in an hour. And it was done. Well, good for them. Good for the Canucks because, um, you know, Detroit right now, man, uh, they could really use him on their blue line in Detroit because they've like they've been waiting for this team to take a step and they had a good start, Frank, but you saw them up close and personal in Sweden. They don't look impressive right now at all. It was a really disappointing trip. I actually had uh, some Red Wings fans on my flight uh, heading back home yesterday uh, from Stockholm to Frankfurt and they were like, someone said, uh, I said, oh, did you have a good trip? And And this woman in a Red Wings hoodie, she goes, one point out of four, you tell me. Like they're they're just they were dejected, and so um, their fans uh, are wearing it. And and look, they had a hot start as you mentioned, but they've really come back to earth. And I think they're really struggling to defend. And I think they're going to be in a tough spot. Like I think this team is, I don't want to say plummeting like a rock in the standings, but it feels like they're certainly in a different you know realm and stratosphere today than they were three weeks ago yeah no that's fair um but i do want to talk about a team in the east frank that is continuing to roll and you know lots of people thought ah you know what this team's got to rebuild and retool and, and maybe they are maybe they're just on a heater but the uh philadelphia flyers and the capitals Flyers have won five in a row. Capitals have won four in a row. They're currently now second and third in the Metro division. Uh, they, they've passed Carolina. They've passed Pittsburgh, passed the Devils. Uh, now the Devils obviously have injuries, so you know there's a little bit of an asterisk there. But Flyers and Capitals, which one do you like better? Ooh, for now or for the long term? For this season. The Caps. But if you've listened to the pod and... If you're listening, I'm guessing you're a loyal listener. I haven't been very high on the caps, which I don't know about you. Like, I think this season is an absolute nightmare for the Flyers. Like, they've won five in a row. They're, they compete. They work their asses off. All those things are great. But this is a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. And maybe the one good thing is you've had some guys that you might consider moving at some point, like a Travis Konechny, like a Travis Sanheim. Um, when he was healthy, Carter Hart was playing excellent. Like those guys have had great years. So that part you say, oh, well, like at least we'd be trading at some point while their value is high. Is high. But like, let's say this continues and like, let's say, Maybe they're not in second place in the Metro, but because like I'm absolutely stunned that we're here in mid-November and the Flyers are ahead of the Hurricanes, for instance. Let's and the Devils. Let's say that doesn't continue. And let's say the Flyers are in seventh place 
come February in the East, and they're in the first or second wild card spot. Do they not stick with their plan? Like it's we just had this conversation with the Flames. Do they not stick with their plan and ultimately, you know, sacrifice whatever you might be able to gain and continue on and try and make the playoffs this year? Like it's almost kind of like well, it's it's different. I, there's nothing I don't know that we can really quite compare this to anything. And I thought the most fascinating part of the last week for the Flyers were the comments that John Tortorella made about how they got their room right. It seemed to be a pretty big indictment on Ivan Provorov um, that they he felt like they had changed their culture and really seemed to. And we'll get we'll get after the Blue Jackets in a second, but that comment to me was fascinating. It was almost like, okay, so you've adjusted that part of it. Now, all of a sudden, does that mean your team is good? Uh, well, is it just one guy? Or is there multiple, right? Like, who else is gone? Hayes is gone. D'Angelo's gone. So, yeah, you you wonder about that. Um, I mean, that had to think, be the guy that he's talking about, though. It might be, yeah. But the thing is, you look at the Flyers, Frank, like, the only UFAs they have at the end of the year are uh, Sean Walker and Nick Sealer, right, on the back end. Yeah, I mean, I that's, want- that's what I'm saying. They don't have to do anything. But in yeah. a perfect world... What they are doing is cashing in on the absolute highest value of Travis Konechny because he's got this year and next at five and a half where he's an absolute bargain for what he produces. And so you can get two playoff runs out of Travis Konechny. I mean, Konechny is just about a point-per-game player over the last two seasons at five and a half million bucks. You should be moving him at this deadline. Mm, yeah. It's hard. Hard, though, because what are you moving him for? Picks? But that you're rebuilding. That's what you want. You want multiple first-round picks for Travis Konechny. Yeah. I get, but... Like late round picks, man, like late first round picks. I just don't think they have, like, I know that the term first rounder has value. I don't think like late first rounders are different and that's who you're, that's who you're getting at the deadline. And unless you're going to have a team, like, unless you're going to luck out like Colorado, right. The the Flyers have made their bones the last two, three decades with late first round picks. Yeah. Well, hard to do though. So if they get, if they, I guess if they're confident enough that they can do it again, then uh, yeah, go for it. But um, it's uh, it's not easy. I like it's, it's not. It's, it's not. But like, I I that's what you need. That's what you want. Travis Konechny, twenty fourth. Tra- uh, Travis Sanheim seventeenth. Joel Farabee was fourteenth. Cam York fourteenth. Um, they're really happy with Tyson Forrester. He he was twenty third. Scott Lawton 20th and then go back a number of years before that. And you were Claude Giroux at 22. Steve Downey played a lot of NHL games at 29th. Um, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards were 11th and 24th. Like they made a lot of late first Justin Williams, 28th. Like they had a ton of late first round picks that they have had success with in the history of their franchise. Yeah, no. Well, if they believe they can do it again, then uh, yeah, good on them. But it's uh, you're right on Connect Me is you know how good is Connect Me? I, I'm sure they they love his attitude and 
You know, if Tortorella talks about the importance of the room, that screams to me as one of the guys. But also, what about the return of Sean Couturier? Like, how much does he solidify your room? I think that helps for sure. I also think he's just a calming yes. influence. He He's not a yeller or screamer. He's not a... But he plays with intensity and he plays for keeps. Um, that part, I think, is big. Um, but he's another guy that probably in the long term between his deal at, you know, seven, seven, five, and then um, maybe on like on a lesser scale, but Sanheim at six, two, five, that's just probably the going rate for Sanheim. But yes, with Couturier, he's, he's another guy that kind of prevents you from getting to the bottom. Oh, they'd have a lot of guys to trade to get to the bottom. Like, to to go full scorched earth, Frank, you've got to be so terrible. I, I but don't I don't I don't agree. Look at where they were last year. Last yeah, year me, they finished twenty sixth. How far is it to the bottom from there? Uh, it was seventeen points. Yeah, it's pretty far though. But Couture was, didn't play last year. It was sixteen right? like, points from thirtieth. Yeah, but Couture didn't play last year, so that's a big. De- You're right. I guess having good, pl- but having good players, Carter Hart's playing way better. Right. Like I didn't think last year Carter Hart was the I Carter thought he was Hart actually pretty good last year. It was year, decent, but he's really way better closely. this year. Right. Yeah. But like, okay. So last year, 26th. Where are they trying to get to this year? You get in, you're not a threat. Like, what is what is getting in do for you? Uh, I, I, I think they're in, I honestly think this se- I I know people are gonna laugh when I say this. I think this season is a nightmare. Oh, okay. Well, it's an interesting one. I see the theory behind what you're saying. Trust me. It's uh, you can get stuck in NHL purgatory, which to me is like 12th to 20th, where you think you're close, but you're not really that close. And they're a long way from being close. Yeah, but the problem is to get to get from those areas to the top is hard, but it's also really difficult to go from those areas to the like the real bottom, the dreads of the dreads, down in 28th to 32nd, right? Like. It's hard to suck. As strange as that sounds, like you got to be really bad to suck. That's what I'm saying. You want to rip the bandaid off and just suck. But, but here's the thing, Frank, like, let's talk about the team you want to talk about now. The Columbus Blue Jackets. No one, everybody thought that they went out and they've made some moves. You know, they were going to at least be better. They're 29. Right. They're brutal again. And they've went out and spent big money. And so, um, you can spend big money and it doesn't guarantee you success at all. And I like, man, you've, you've got Patrick line is now a healthy scratch. Johnny Gaudreau has been benched. Severson's been benched. Line is being benched. Like, you know, I, I guess you can play hard love and tough love all you want, but eventually you got to look and say, Hey, what's, uh, like, what's at the root of the issue here? Can I, can I read you, um, this quote, this is from Pascal Vincent and it's on Saturday night. Oh, I know. I love it. It's getting old. I am repeating myself, but it's getting pretty fucking old. He's coached 19 Uh, games in the NHL. I know. 19. Am I missing something here? It what how much of this is on him? I'm sorry. When you coach, you coach less than a quarter of a season as an NHL head coach, and you're telling everyone it's getting old. You might be in the wrong profession. 
Yeah, no. And I know that he's talking about the effort from his players, but you bench Patrick Line, you've benched Johnny Gaudreau, you've healthy scratched or uh Kent Johnson, you've sent Ken Johnson to the AHL, you've healthy scratched sixth overall pick David Yurichek and shuttled him back and forth to the AHL. At yeah. some point, you need to be a problem solver. Yeah. Fair. And you can only coach in the NHL what you are handed. There's no doubt that that's the case. But come on, man. That just screams to me like finger pointing and excuses. Yeah, well, it does seem, you know what? He, he Obviously, he got the job uh, at the last minute because of Babcock. But he was the assistant coach prior. So he would know the players. And I've I've never been a big fan, Frank. I think it's very difficult to go from being the guy who's like pat on the back. Good job, guys. You're the assistant coach. That's your job. To then be in the head coach in the same organization. And I think sometimes it's difficult for players to really believe. Okay. Cause to me, he's trying really hard to get their attention, but you know, like, Hey, you bench your best players. That sends a message. But again, when he says it's getting old, it gets old to the players too. If all you do is yell and scream at your players and, and bench all that. you do is bench that can't be yes. your, it's, it's a tool in your arsenal, but it can't yeah. be the only tool. No, no, not at all. It can't be. And, your and when you dose. overuse it, it just becomes like, okay, yeah. So what? Yeah. I agree. Has to, you, you have to coach in today's NHL with a carrot and a stick. I'm yeah, seeing, a lot, a, more seeing a lot of stick. Yeah, and not yeah, very was, much carrot in Columbus. Yeah, it's uh. Well, you got to wonder. Is that an oversimplification? No, I think it's fair, and you do wonder at some point if ownership's like, okay, you know, we we change coaches, we keep changing coaches, we keep changing coaches here. At some point, it's going to fall on the manager too. It's hey, just I said forever. I, I wrote it the day that Mike Babcock stepped away. Yarmo Kekalina had to follow him out the door. Then, I'm sorry. You had yeah. to be a playoff team this year. You had to take a big step. You already blew it with Babcock. Now this team is swirling again, 29th place, and on their way to nowhere. No, no. Like, they're in last place in the Eastern Conference. Like, they're four points behind every team in the I East. I think they've already tied their franchise-high winless streak. No. Not good. Not good at all. Frank, let's, uh, what is good is the uh, generous guy. Yeah, the generous guy, which is brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal. And Crown Royal res- reminds you to that uh, generosity lives in all of the small things. Uh, generous guy, love doing this every week. And mine is Ron Hainsey. I was in Sweden and people say, Ron Hainsey, what does he do again? former player. Yeah. He's the assistant executive director of the NHLPA, And it was his idea to give players a player of the game award. Something we don't see here in the NHL, but it's a very European thing. Yeah. And they have the teams line up on the blue line after the game. They read the three stars and the player of the game as picked by Ron Hainsey and the NHLPA. They, uh, handed out a Rolex. And the amazing part about it is, they had a, a Swedish NHL legend every time stand there to hand out the award. And it was like a little gift bag. And you're like, Oh, that's nice. Like I'm watching it. I go, Oh, 
okay, Tim Stutzla, congratulations. You got yourself a global series hoodie or something. I was like, I was laughing thinking like, oh, this is probably nothing. And then they had the camera in the Sens locker room post game and all the guys are like, what is it? What is it? And they open it up and it's a fresh Rolex watch. So this was a joint effort by the NHL and the NHLPA. They split the cost on it, but it was a great idea by Hainsey who said, look, players are coming a long way for this. Let's reward them with a small thing. And the amazing thing is for these guys that have all this money, like they, Brady Kachuk could buy 28 Rolexes if he wants, but his face. And if you see the video, the way it lit up when he saw Tim Stutzla open the box and he's like, better bring your a game next game, boys. Like it reminds you that there's a, like these guys love having a little extra on the line, something small to play for in a long regular season. And I just thought it was a great idea by Hainsey. Frank, I was in a hockey tournament coaching this weekend for U11. And at the end of the game, you got to pick the heart and hustle and the MVP. And um, you know what? Kids get fired up for it. People, so I don't care what age you are. There's always something nice about a little extra recognition. And uh, so that's nice. Uh, I'm going to go with a gentleman who has played 518 career games. And uh, this past week in five, in his 516th career game, he uh, set a career high for uh, four assists in a game, uh, the most generous game of his career, for uh, Josh Morrissey. Assisted on two of Kyle Connor's goals, Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, he and Quinn Hughes are the only defensemen now this year with a, a four assists in a game. But uh, Morrissey, the guy's played a long time, over 500 games. And uh, you get your first game with four apples for a, for a D-man. It came in a victory, 6-3 over the New Jersey Devils. So that obviously makes it uh, even a little bit better. But when you're that generous uh, on the ice getting four apples, uh, he is my uh, generous guy of the week for Crown Royal. Crown Royal, crown everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's an amazing change for Josh Morrissey. Like, he's almost a point per game this year. He had 76 and 78 games last year. And his previous career high in his first 
seven seasons in the league was 37. To have a guy take that jump from 37 to 76 and then to come out and do it again, um, they, I don't know if it's Rick Bonus or what, but they set him free in Winnipeg, and he's been a, certainly an eye-opening player since then. Well, I think people forget Josh Morrissey uh, you know, was drafted 13th overall by the Jets in 2013. And then the next year after his draft year, he went out and scored 28 goals and 73 points in 59 games as a D-man for the for the Prince Albert Raiders. Like, he's got some offense in his game. There's no question but, about it. But it didn't got- show up for seven whole seasons in the NHL. Yeah, I think a little bit of that was you'd look at some of the other D-men and, and opportunities, right? I think that plays a part sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I guys. guess when Dustin Bufflin's eating up all the power play time and not really yeah. getting a lot of opportunity. All right, so that does limit it, right, somewhat. But I think there's also a confidence factor. And somebody sorry, said, hey, Josh, you can do this. And so he, he it's a great conversation. I'd love to talk to him about it. Because, I did. I um, had him on Frankly Speaking last year. You can listen to yeah. the whole thing. We went through it. We went through all of it. He's a great guy and... Uh, that's awesome to see him get our generous guy. Now, uh, uh, very quickly, Frank, um, uh, a few other things, uh, speaking of uh, generous, not generous, there's some good and bad of the week. The, uh, uh, the Montreal Canadians are suddenly, uh, struggling, crashing down to earth for them. Bad week for them. Bad week for Columbus, uh, bad week for Chicago all going all over, uh, this past week, the, uh, the Edmonton orders power play, Frank, how about this in the last 13 games, their first unit is 11.6%. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins have combined for one power play goal in their last 13 games. Their power play doesn't weigh. People could say, oh, you relied too much on your power play. Yeah, but you can't be 11.6% on your first unit when you were historically good for the last four years combined. Their power play needs to, uh, to get going. And then um, a rather serious situation. Uh, he's It's been... Uh, you know, it's an arraignment now for uh, Milan Lucic and the Boston Bruins, Frank. Uh, obviously not a good story off ice there for Boston. Yeah, um, certainly uh, tough news to wake up to in Sweden. Milan Lucic uh, arrested for a uh, domestic violence issue in, in the Boston area. Um, the team had just announced before the day before that happened that uh, his rehab was not going well and he from injury and and he wouldn't be back soon. And now you see this news. And first off, um, I hope that his wife or significant other is okay. Um, that's my first thought. And second is uh, there's no room in, in the, in, and not just this game, but in any sport, in any walk of life for any domestic violence issues. So um, I also hope that Milan Lucic gets the help that he needs because According to the reports, there was alcohol involved, and that's never a good thing. No, not at all. Not at all. Let's bring in uh, Ty Remchuk for his weekly appearance. Ty, how you doing? Thanks, guys. Excited to be back for a nice, clean edition of Fill in the Blank delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Nation 25. If you're watching along on YouTube, it is up at the top of your screen. Make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Uh, Boys, fill in the blank. I got a few for you. Couple, I think a little bit tougher than the other one, but I'll start with a nice, easy low ball for you. The next team to make a coaching change in the NHL is blank, Frank, because I think for a while after the Oilers did theirs, it was believed to be Ottawa. But now I'm kind of like, maybe there's some other candidates out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any sense that it's going to be the Sens. Um, 
just spending some time around them, their big thing. And Steve Steo stressed this in his, uh, you know, sort of, if you want to call it, uh, introductory press conference as interim GM that they are, they're looking for stability and they want to calm things down, quiet the noise. There's been too much of it. Um, so that's their big focus. So that's not happening. And then you see the Sens, they pick up four points on their business trip to Sweden. So they're in a good spot. Uh, certainly trending upward in the standings. They've played a few fewer games than everyone else too, which sort of changes the outlook. They've got a couple games in hand, three in hand, for instance, uh, on the team directly above them in the Buffalo Sabres. Um, if I were to put someone on the hot seat, it's not Dean Evison either. I have a pod dropping today mm. with Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin, and he... He real it's really clear that he likes Dean Evison and thinks he's a good coach. And never say never, but there I I don't think that's on the table or an option for them. So if I had to pick someone, uh, I would say Lane Lambert in New York. But even then, I'm not entirely sure. Greg's I'm gonna go with uh Pascal Vincent in Columbus. Um, I think uh, if this continues on, there'll be a new GM, and I think it'll be a house cleaning. That's probably fair. Although, if they're dead last, I mean, even if you're the new GM, are What's you going to come? Are you going to come? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But I'm fair. telling you that we just talked about it. That whole thing about carrot and stick, like this, this, this gets real old real fast. All right, yeah. so let me throw you one uh, centered around the Columbus Blue Jackets a little bit here. Patrick Laine, obviously healthy, scratched. Uh, there is a blank percent chance that Patrick Laine finishes the season with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Jason? Well, pretty hard to trade him, right? Uh, <laughs> you don't have much production. You got a huge cap hit. That's uh, that's usually a recipe for disaster. So I'm, I'm going to say... What's his cap at? I can't 8. remember. 8.7. 8. 8. So uh, I'm going to say there is a 100% chance he Ooh, finishes the season. 100. Frank? Yeah, I'm going to price his right you and say 99. Um, I'm going to say, too, I'm going to take it a step further, though. And, like, let's talk about, like, stars in the league. I think he's the least impactful big name in the league. <laughs> Uh, the numbers don't lie right now. That's fair. It's it, but it's not. I'm not just talking about now. I'm yeah. talking about it. You know, even just since he's arrived in Columbus, like he's not. What is he? I know he's yeah. had he had a point per game. See, like he's had some short seasons because he struggled with injury. But 26 goals, 22 goals, 28 goals, 30 goals. Like this guy is a long, far cry from 44 in 17, 18. And I don't, I don't know that he'll ever get back to that level. And at eight yeah. seven, you better be damn close. Yeah, it's not. For some reason, in my head, I was like, "Oh, he's like six million bucks. He's not that expensive." Then you go look, and you're like, "Oh yeah, he got that new deal. That is a big, big ticket." Uh, you guys talked about the Philadelphia Flyers, so I'll throw this your way. There is a blank percent chance that the Philadelphia Flyers make the playoffs, Frank. Mm. <laughs> Frank is so torn right now. Yeah, but I think it's higher than I, I, whatever. Like the first number, this is just a total pull it out of my ass. The first number that entered my head was 12%. But I think the number is actually a lot higher than that. Getting close to oh, American yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I guess I'll leave it at 12%. Uh, yeah, I think it's higher than that. But you look at the teams behind them, like it's 18 games and, you know, they're playing well. That's good. They've won five in a row. Like the, the recent winning streak, I, I think, changes it because prior to that, they were five, seven, and one. And people would have said, okay, that's kind of what we expect from the Flyers. So uh, I'm going to say it's, it's actually low. I don't, uh, I'm actually going to say about 5%. I just, I look at Carolina, I look at Tampa Bay, I look at New Jersey, I look at Pittsburgh. I think they're all better and they'll all catch them. Okay. So according to our friend, Micah Blake McCurdy, you know, him on Twitter as at ineffective math and he runs hockeyviz.com. His model is awesome. He has the flyers at 32.4%. What does he have New Jersey at? He has New Jersey at 62. Yeah. So and, and he has the Islanders at 58. He has Washington, Philly, and Pitt all at 35, 35, and 32. Okay. But then there's, but the odds are you consider how many teams are ahead of them in the East. Like I'll go five because I think it's very low, very low chance they make it. So according to him, the eight playoff teams right now in the East are Rangers, Carolina, New Jersey, the Islanders, Boston. Florida, Toronto, and the eighth would be Ottawa. Not Tampa? No, he has Ottawa at 47 and Tampa at 38. Right. And see, to me, the only thing I'll say is, but Vasilevsky hasn't played yet. So that's right. Well, his model only looks back at the last, they do it in 20 game increments, if I'm not mistaken. So it's only the first number of games this year and doesn't, it doesn't account for injuries. Well, exactly. So. I'll take the Flyers at 5%. Five, okay. See, I thought I was being generous at 12. Yeah, Tyler, you're muted. I can't hear you. Sorry, I was coughing. Um, the Flyers at plus 550 over on Botano in terms of their live line to make the playoffs. Another couple that I just find interesting, you can still get the Oilers at plus 180 to miss the postseason this year over on Botano. I think that's probably an interesting price tag. And the Ottawa Senators are a minus 180 to miss the playoffs, which I feel like considering where they sit in the standings right now is still a decent spot. Um, since I'm on Botano and cruising around, Hart Trophy odds have started to get interesting. If you remember at the beginning of the year, Connor McDavid was the runaway favorite. It was McDavid or the field because McDavid was at plus 100. So it basically implies that it's a 50% chance. Uh, McDavid's now plus 275. Matthews is plus 400. Jack Hughes, five to one. David Pasternak, six to one. Elias Pedersen, seven and a half to one. He might be my pick right now. But my question to you guys sitting here on November 20th, as we somewhat inch closer to the 25% mark of the season, the early season Hart Trophy favorite is blank. Jason. Well, it's really hard to have a Vancouver guy because you got three of them tied. You got a goalie and you got a defense who might win the North. So I think it's going to yeah. be difficult. But um, I would say right now, um, it feels wide open. Oh, is that a real? Yeah, I think it's very wide open. Um, I think Kale McCarr in Colorado is having a ridiculous start to the season that no one's really talking about. And um, but I'm going to go with David Pasternak. Everybody thought the Bruins were done, and uh, well, not everybody, but lots of people thought they would take a big step back. They haven't. And Pasternak is uh, there's no Bergeron, there's no Krejci. No one can say that he's got a, a centerman who's really helping him, and um, he's been great. So I'll go with Pasternak. I'm going to throw a name at you. Tyler, tell me his odds. Artemi Panarin. 19 to 1. 
get, get throw a hundred bucks on that. I don't have. I'm, I'm not kidding. He he's he's off to an unbelievable start. Twenty six points in fifteen games, ten goals. Um, he's been so good for the Rangers, and I I I just think he's right in that same mix. I'd say Kucherov is in there. I'd say Nylander is actually in there. Uh, I think he's the unquestioned Maple Leafs MVP to this point. And if I were to pick one of the Canucks players, it would be Quinn Hughes. Ooh, what is Quinn Hughes on this list? Quinn Hughes and William Nylander both not listed on uh, over on Botanos. Maybe we got we got to fire off some emails they here, Frank. Friends at Botano, yeah, they got yeah. some work to do. They do have Jake Sanderson listed though at five hundred to one. So dare to dream, Jake Sanderson. Come on, uh, there, you're, there's <laughs> there's no way that those two guys aren't listed and Sanderson is. I don't know. Sometimes people because like books like Botano, well, they good, take right? long shots, Frank. Obviously, those guys have a much higher odds. So that's all. So here's one thing I'd like to add to the heart conversation, though. Mm-hmm. Is it is it fair to say though now that McDavid will not like you can almost guarantee that he won't win it? I mean, six if he Frank if he puts up 140 points in the last 60 games of the year and the Oilers get back into the playoffs, like then he's the MVP, right? If he puts up 140 points in the next 60 games, I will surgically remove my right nut. <laughs> well, even if he puts up 110. But you know what I'm saying, Frank? Like, if he goes supernova for 60 straight games and does some sort of insane McDavid thing and the Oilers get in because of it, then he's the MVP again. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't believe it will. But. I, see, I'm not entirely sure that that's the case because here's the thing that all those other candidates that we just talked about, they did not have a shitty first quarter of the season. And when you take a huge chunk of a year and you don't play up to standards... It's hard to say that your full year was, you know, 25% better than everyone else's. Still, that's, that's the point that I've worked myself into is in saying that is you have to be kind of all year good to win the heart. If not, are, were you really 25% better than everyone else? I mean, if there's Maybe anyone he can be yeah. he, he, uh, for last year, he was you know, 40% better than everyone else or whatever mm. the number is. But he, he's got a long way to go to get there. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying like we're teetering on the edge of that no longer being a possibility. All right, guys, there's a wrap on this week's edition of uh, Fill in the Blank delivered by DoorDash. Make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh well, next 60-some games, there's lots of question marks for lots of teams. There's some teams, though, that uh, right now got to get going. We've talked about the Blue Jackets. I think there's lots of uh, stress in that organization. Everybody's getting benched, and I'm sure some uh, management and coaches feel like uh, they could be on the chopping block. I'd be uh, intrigued to see how uh, how hot it is in uh, in Columbus here. because there, there really hasn't been any progress made, and uh, they've went out. They've signed lots of big guys. They've made big trades. Now you got your coach benching everyone, sending young guys down. It just, I, I don't know what their plan is, Frank, but it looks complete disarray right now. It's like they're grasping at straws. And um, I got to think at some point, the ownership just might say, hey, because the, the manager is the it one who feels toxic. It feels oh, like a toxic totally environment. Does. 100%. And that's, that I think is is more problematic. Like it's like, I think they've got some good prospects coming. Juracek, Denton Matechuk, um, I, I'm a big believer still in Ken Johnson. I think Sillinger can be good. Like I, I think they've got a lot of really nice pieces, 
that I just wouldn't want them anywhere around it. Yeah. Wow. And you look, look in a total different league. Look at the Raiders since they got rid of Josh McDaniels and listen to what the players say and everybody around the organization about just, you know what? Uh, there's a lot less angst around the organization. And it just seems like thought you said it best earlier. Like when, when you're 19 games in and you bench this many guys repeatedly and talk, and that's like, oh, what you're saying. Yeah. Like that's, Maybe your expectations or maybe maybe your ability to communicate isn't working. Can't I think you have to take a player. long look in the mirror because it can't be yeah. everyone else's fault. Yeah. And I think it's a horrible message to send. Even if you wanted to say that privately, the fact that you're saying it publicly is quite embarrassing. Yeah. Like when I said earlier that I loved it, I loved it because you know it's going to generate lots of conversation. But it's to me, it's not... It's That's not, not leadership. No, it's not. Especially, as you said early on, and I'm like so many young players, veterans, the message isn't working. So I don't think they're all this horrible of players that uh, they should be this bad. I think Did Johnny Gaudreau wake up and goals. just forget how to play hockey. Yeah. Like so, something's off there. The delivery message. And you know what? Um, I, I just wonder, Frank, if the players rightly or wrongly were like, Hey, this guy was still here. Babcock was here. They're all, you know, they're all the organization when they hired Babcock from number one, you know, kept those coaches on the manager. I just wonder if there's a distrust from the players, to the management right now. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was just looking at, we were talking playoff chances and I was looking at this. What do you think the Oilers playoff chances are according to this model? Oh God. I don't know. Uh, 38. 58. Yeah, this model wow. really likes the Oilers. You know who well, this model doesn't like? Calgary, Philly. Nope, this model does not like the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks are at twenty-five points. They're twelve, five, and one, and I know they've lost two in a row, but they're nipping at the heels of the Golden Knights. And it has the Canucks at 76%, which is only 18% higher than the Oilers. And this model also does not like the Golden Knights. It has them at 87%. And it has the LA Kings as the most likely team to win the Pacific. Yeah, well, I'm guessing it weighs shots for rather heavily, Frank. That just, you know, that's what it I'm does. It, it certainly does, and expected goals for sure. I'm just, I'm, it's always interesting because I, this, I, this is the first time I pulled it up this season because it's November and I haven't really looked a lot at playoff chances. But it's interesting to see what sort of underlying metrics stand out to people making the models. Yeah, because Vancouver's expected goals, I think, is like, 24th or something right but well they're shooting the lights out but you watch you watch quinn hughes snipe the way that he has and you're like okay like a model's not gonna allow for that no it's possible that he does well well not just him look at their power play look at elias petterson um for years those models never liked a guy like leon dry subtle oh he can't maintain him and he scored 50 the first time oh he can't maintain this because what the mistake they make is they say this is the average, and if you're too high above the average, well, then it's not sustainable. I'm like, but you have to understand, elite players aren't average. That's why they're elite. So to lump them in in those type of general things, there's always going to be outliers for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they don't have the Canucks that high. Um, 
Do I think Vancouver's going to win at the rate they've started? No, but they have a great goaltender and they've got lots of top, their best players are all playing great. And when that happens, they're going to win. Um, they'll make I'm the gonna, playoffs. I'm going to tell you right now, though, they're a lock to make the playoffs. We said that, remember, we said this at this point last year about Seattle. They've piled up so many points already that yes. they're almost a lock. Oh, yeah. They need 71 points to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. And there yeah. are 64 games left. Yeah. So they need 71 points in 64 games. That's 1.1 points per game. Also yeah, expressed hard. as uh, 128 points left on the table. So 71 divided by 128. It's a 554 points percentage the rest of the way. Yeah, points percentage, Frank. That's not That's, very high. should be cake. Yeah, no, they're they're a playoff team for for certain. Um, the reason I think why it has Edmonton high because you know Anaheim's not that good. Um, I said it's. We just said pillow fight. Look at all those teams that are in that mush. Yeah, no. Uh, But the Oilers, I'll say this about Edmonton: they got to wake up soon. Like that that Tampa game. Here's the thing that Edmonton right now, their top players costing that that Tampa game. No question in my mind. Look how many scoring chances they have, and they can't finish. Like what about you get? It's the hardest thing to do. I understand it, but you get paid to finish and their top guys, one power play goal from their top three guys on the power play in 13 games. It's not acceptable. Like Tampa Bay's big guys, Stamkos and Kucherov produced Edmonton was out shooting the 28, 13 after 40 minutes and led three to two. They should have been up five or six to two and stop telling me the other goalies are that good. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Not that good. Okay. Let's have some fun. Okay. So let's assume that the six teams that are currently in the playoffs from their divisions, the Central and Pacific, stay there. Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg, and yeah. Vegas, Vancouver, and LA. Who are the two wild card teams going to be? I know who my two are. Huh. I've got I've got Minnesota and Edmonton. Yeah, the, I don't I don't love the wild. I don't I won't have the wild. They're not going to kill penalties at a 62% rate or 65% rate the rest of the way, are they? Their goalies are not going to be this bad either, no. are they? You wouldn't think so. But yeah, Minnesota's a good bet. I would, uh, you know, Edmonton's the good bet. I uh, I still think the St. Louis Blues, right? Huh. And if I had so to you pick think a third the Blues team? are in the number one wild card spot today? You think they're going to be one? Yeah, I, I think like the Blues have enough overall talent that they should be able to like Arizona. No Anaheim. No Nashville. Of course not Chicago. So I, I put those teams out. So it's kind of St. Louis, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton, right? Okay. So Two I'm going to five. I think St. Louis is going to be trading away pieces at this deadline. Ooh. I think they're not just going to be moving away from their UFAs, but they're going to be trying to tra- trade out anyone they can find value for. I had Doug Armstrong on Frankly yeah. Speaking last week and just just go back. I, I urge you to listen to it because it was an unreal convo because we talked about his path from ticket sales office yeah. to becoming the oh, longest tenured GM. He says point blank, we're rebuilding. So they're like he wants to be competitive and be in the mix, but I don't think making the playoffs this year of is is of any importance to him compared to getting this team in two years' time from to be a playoff team again. And that's fair, but the challenge, Frank, is the GM might think it, but the players believe they're a playoff team. 
And that obviously is the, uh, is the one that, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's screwed out to many GMs plans. Sometimes, uh, if the players decide to play well, like you can't trade them all, what are you going to do? So, um, but I is think- moving Kasperi Kapanen or oh. I don't know, pick another guy. Is yeah, you moving can one them. of those pieces going to neuter their chances. No, that's my point. So he'll, but uh, what's Kasperi Kapanen getting you at the deadline? No, but uh, I mean, you take a bunch of them and you move, I don't know, Bortuzzo, Scandella. Oh, I mean, Bortuzzo's barely played. Um, yeah. Pick a guy. Like, There's someone you can find value in. Verana will be one. I, I think if you wanted to, you could probably get something pretty good for Pavel Buchnevich. Um, yeah, probably. Why not? Why wouldn't you explore it? Why wouldn't you explore Brandon Saad or whoever it might be? Oh, I think you can explore it for sure. I'm Kevin uh, Hayes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hayes. Well, Hayes is a very tradable contract at three point. What is he? 3.5 now. You so. can retain half again. So, yeah. Well, then you can knock him down point. to 1.8. You mean to tell me Kevin Hayes at 1.8 for the next two years somewhere isn't a valuable piece? Frank, I, say- I think he's got a ton of options on the table. I'll get ahead of it right now. Here's my, the player for lots of teams to watch. If you want great value, he's got a 1.95 cap hit. He's already got 13 points, six goals. Sean Monahan, he's 58% in the faceoff. Sean Monahan on the Montreal Canadiens is a team who acquires him. I think it's not going to be a high cap hit. I think they get very good value. And I, and I think because of his injury, Frank, you might not have to give up as much as you normally would. And I think it's Montreal might not like the return, but I think the team that gets it's going to get a really good player in Monaghan. I agree with you. And I think that was exactly the reason for re-signing him. Yeah. They've given him the perfect platform to have a platform year. Like if I was a team who needed a, you know, a good center, like if he's your third line center, you got a really good third line. I agree. And so that's, and he uh, that's had that in watch. flashes last year before he got hurt again. And instead of selling low, it was like, let's just re-sign this guy and give him another chance. Yeah. So name to watch. Uh, before we go, Frank, I have to remind everyone, how you doing in your, uh, in the survivor pool? It's been a tough, uh, tough run on the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. I've the last few weeks I've been knocked out after night one. I know Tyler has been in the same spot. So looking to go on a bit of a run, a new game starts Today, head over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. You can also get in at dailyfaceoff.com and hit the Wendy's Survivor logo in the uh, top right corner. You can play along for uh, not just a weekly prize of free free Wendy's, and you got to download the Wendy's app, but get in on the season-long action. 5,000 cash on the line. We've got, uh, we've got someone that's uh, well ahead of the pack, I think two or three points ahead, and Whoever that is, is going to be in pretty good shape. Well, uh, you have lots of time to get back in it. Just remember, like like a good start in the NHL, it doesn't mean a, a guaranteed success at the end. And so while you obsess about your picks this week, and just remember, when they have a good start, doesn't guarantee a good finish. So keep on it. And if you need a little bit of help, maybe check out their barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Fresh but never frozen Canadian beef that has a melted cheese all over it with 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Applewood smoked bacon only at Wendy's. Frank, have a good week. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.